This is Matt Raymond at the Library of Congress. Each year, thousands of book lovers of all ages visit the nation's capital to celebrate the joys of reading and lifelong literacy at the Library of Congress National Book Festival. In, 1990, in 2009, honorary chairs are President Barack Obama and First Lady Michelle Obama. Now in its ninth year, this free event, held Saturday, September 26th on the National Mall in Washington, D.C., will spark readers' passion for learning as they interact with the nation's best-selling authors, illustrators, and poets. Even if you can't attend the book festival in person, you can still participate online. These podcast interviews and other materials are available through the National Book Festival website at www.loc.gov bookfest. It's now my honor of talking with the well-known author, George Pelicanos. Mr. Pelicanos has written 15 crime novels set in the Washington, D.C. area. His work has been honored with the International Crime Novel of the Year Award, the Los Angeles Times Book Prize, as well as several foreign writing awards. Mr. Pelicanos has additionally published award-winning essays in Esquire, the New York Times, the Washington Post, GQ, and many other publications. He's also the Emmy-nominated screenwriter for the critically acclaimed HBO dramatic series, The Wire. Mr. Pelicanos, thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. Tell me a little bit, let's just start with the basics, I suppose. How did you decide to pursue a career in writing? And in particular, uh, what about the crime uh, genre, I guess, appeals to you? Well, uh, I had taken a, a course uh, in crime fiction at the University of Maryland that, you know, when I was a senior, uh, I guess back in 1980. And I got turned on to books. I hadn't been much of a book reader. I was actually a film major at Maryland University, and I wanted to make movies. But uh, I knew that that was a kind of an unrealistic goal. So uh, having been turned on to these books, I decided uh, to shift and, and uh, made it my goal to write a novel. Um, and when I say to write a novel, I mean that literally. I, I only wanted to write one book. My intention was to... Um, to uh, do a lot of reading when I was in my 20s and and when I had the confidence to write this book and then uh, see it published and move on to something else. It was completely, you know, it was pie in the sky. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know anybody in the business. I'd never even met a writer before. Um, but what happened was is that I, in the writing of that book, I actually discovered that I really loved the process of it. And even before that book uh, was published, I had begun writing my second novel, and, and I changed my, I sort of changed my goal. I decided that that's what I wanted to do. Um, I wanted writing novels to be my life's work. Hmm. So um, it, that's, that's how that came about. Okay. And, and when you were starting out, did you have any role models, or, or were there authors that were particularly inspirational to you? Well, my role model was really my dad, I think, first and foremost, because of his his work ethic and and just that he showed me um, as a boy when I went to work for him when I was 11 years old, he showed me uh, implicitly that this is what a man does. He gets up every day, he goes to work, he takes care of his family, and he tries to enjoy what he, what he does. And, and oddly enough, even though we do two very different things, my dad had a, had a diner downtown D.C., I feel like I'm doing the same thing. He, he would get up in the morning and turn the key on his business, and I too have a business that I that I run out of my house here, and uh, you know I got that from him. Uh, to to move it to somebody who was more famous, uh, somebody that was a big inspiration for me was the um, the singer songwriter Curtis Mayfield. 
and uh, I would say the reason for that is because he did something very courageous through his art, and he spoke out about things that he believed in, mm-hmm. and he talked about solutions in a nonviolent and in a, in a very spiritual way, and I admired that very much. You mentioned D.C., and of course, uh, that's where your books are set, uh, in and around the Capitol. I read that for your research that you have done midnight ride-alongs with the police. Tell me a little bit about that. Did you did you experience anything a little bit offbeat or, or uh, unusual? Well, when you're out there uh, all night doing the uh, midnight shift, you see a lot of different things. The city is the city's kind of beautiful at night in those hours, and um, a lot of it is you know, you come across some, some real crime, but you also come across things like, you know, trying to point people in the right direction, how to get home. Uh, the majority of the calls are domestic disputes, and um, most of it involves alcohol. Let's say the night started with alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a different uh, kind of feel when you're out there at night. I've since done work with the Homicide Division, which is a much different kind of experience. You're working during the day. You're very methodical, and the people are involved in that work are much different than patrol officers. But um, I have contacts on both sides of the law. I, I will frequently meet with people who are on the other side, and and then the people who are in the middle, the prosecutors, public defenders, and I try to, in that way, form a complete world. So do you actually go to prisons? or, or um... Yes, you oh, wow. do that. I work in. Uh, I actually work in prisons. I teach. Uh, I don't want to say teach because I'm not a regular teacher, but I do go out and speak and try to talk about books and and turn people on to books. And with the message being um, that, you know, I'm no. I'm as an author. I'm no more special than anybody else. I, you know, I came from a uh, a working class background. I did this thing. I became kind of willed myself to become a writer, and that uh, my message is to these people whether I'm working in adult prisons or juvenile prisons, is always, life is not short as you always hear it is. Life is long. And when you stumble and you fall down, you know, you can be a different person later on in your life. And, and that's really what I'm trying to impart. Mm. And, and I would imagine that a lot of these experiences must provide fodder for, for your books. Yeah, I'm, I'm always working, put it that way. <laughs> well, before I get too far, I have to ask you about your latest book, uh, The Way Home. Tell us a little bit about that, if you could. Um, that actually grew out of my um, my work in, in juvenile prisons. And uh, I just started wondering, uh, if I had full access to these places, I would be in a, in a kid's cell while he was in, in, in class, let's say. And it's just a six-by-nine space. There's a cot, there's a steel commode in, in the middle of the floor. Uh, a window that you can't even see out of, made of plexiglass. It's so dirty, there's no light that even comes in. And I start thinking, what's it like for a kid to be in prison? And what's it like for his parents? And how do they, uh, specifically, how does a father and a son, having been torn apart by this experience, how do they, how do they find their way back uh, to each other? And that was the premise for the book, and it grew out of my um, my everyday work. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, one of the ongoing themes in your work is the importance of family as a backdrop. Why is that so central in your books? Well, I believe in it personally, and and also um, in my work with with young people, whether it's in uh, D.C. public schools or out, you know, in uh, places of incarceration. 
the, the kids that I see that have found trouble, uh, I would say almost 100% of them had uh, some kind of deficiency at home in their family life. Um, most specifically, usually there's not a father around. And um, people that don't put importance on that or want to ignore it are just plain wrong. Uh, a, a, a child needs a both a mother and a father around to make him whole. That's that's my strong belief. And if it can't be a father, it can be somebody who takes the place of the father in terms of a mentor or a coach, uh, big brothers and sisters, uh, people of that nature. And and there's heroes like that all over the city. And I try to write about those kinds of people in my books as much as I do the bad people because they tell the true story. Now, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about The Wire, um, of course, praised as one of the most gripping and real-to-life dramas ever uh, during its, its uh, run on HBO. Uh, is there a, a major difference for you between writing for the book and writing for the screen? Do you find one easier than the other, more challenging? Well, I, I prefer writing novels because it's, it's all on me. You know, whether uh, if, if you like it or you don't like it, the guy to blame or, or credit is the name on the cover. Um, you have to automatically, uh, you go into a situation with a television show and you're working with 100 people. Or, and in the writer's room, there's, there's five or six uh, people and they all have different personalities. And coming from a novel writing background, where, which is a very solitary existence, all of a sudden you're required to be very social. Um, that's one difference. The other thing is that um, the mechanics, of course, of a screenplay are different than a novel. And once it gets into the process, there's so many filters that it goes through, uh, whether it's rewriting or just the the actors, the cinematographer, the editing, uh, the crew, all these things that can change what you, what you did um, make that a much different experience for a writer. However, I do have to say that one thing you hardly ever hear writers say is that, or admit, is that all of those people can make your work better too. You know, they're not always. You know, what you hear is the negative. You know, they ruin my my work, that kind of thing. They can also elevate it. I've written scenes that I thought were pretty flat, and then the actors made it uh, something more special than it was on the page. And so you have to give credit there too. And you're also working on uh, a new series for, H for HBO that is set in uh, post-Katrina New Orleans. Tell us a little bit about that, if you would. Well, it's not a crime show, but it is um, uh, also created by David Simon from The Wire mm -hmm. and Eric Overmeyer, the playwright. Um, and it is about people who have, uh, after the storm, are trying to rebuild their lives there. And, and it's about why New Orleans is a city that, to this day, is a city worth saving. It's a city that we, America, uh, in, in many ways, abandoned. Um, and and our argument is that this is a city that we need to um, that we need to help because the people are worth it. And the majority of I would say the thrust of the show is on musicians, uh, people that stayed there, people that came back, tried to gut it out, make a living, uh, you know, uh, in the clubs and also the Mardi Gras Indians and all these people, uh, restaurateurs, chefs, bartenders. All these folks that, that tried to tried to make it work, um, and I think it's going to be pretty exciting. Now you're also uh, a big music and movie fan. I understand. How important are they in your writing process or in, in creating your characters and your plots? 
Well, when I'm writing a book, I'm very conscious of the fact that it that it's a novel, and that um, and that I want it to read like a novel. So uh, you won't see a screenplay in novel form come out of me. However, when I'm sitting at the desk, I'm you know I'm hearing music in my head. <laughs> I'm cutting. I'm I'm seeing the scenes running behind my eyes, and so the uh, you know, admittedly, the movies were a big influence on me. Uh, they gave me my sense of uh, story and narrative drive. And I was very lucky to grow up in a time. Uh, I was a kid in the 60s. I was a teenager in the 70s. In my opinion, those, that was the greatest period of American film. And, and I had a good education. What, what kind of music and films do you like? What kind of films do I like? Yeah, genres or what kind of music even. Uh, well, westerns are, are my favorite films hmm. to this day, and um, and uh, music. I'm I'm you know a big fan of the funk and soul mo- movement of the '70s, uh, the punk rock movement, and and the the hard rock of the '70s also. And today carried on in, in that tradition. Groups like um, Drive By Truckers, and uh, you know some of the the new uh, Americana stuff that I like quite a bit, like Richmond Fontaine. Mm-hmm. And, and people like that. So I'm pretty much all over the map. I listen to a lot of movie soundtracks to this day. Now, you mentioned earlier some of the speaking that you've done in, in prisons and elsewhere. Do you ever get approached uh, by aspiring writers asking you for advice? And, and what do you? What kind of advice would you impart? Uh, two things, usually. I tell them to uh, live a full life. You know, don't be in any hurry because this is the this is the kind of career that it's not like being a movie star. You can be old and do this, and you don't have to be good-looking either. <laughs> um, so there's plenty of time, and it's very important to live a full life so that you have something to write about once you get down to it. You know, I didn't start writing until I was 31 years old, and I had already lived a very full life, and to this day I'm still writing about that former life of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, the second piece of advice I have, very important, is read a lot. You will never become a good writer unless you read voraciously because... Um, it can't be taught in a classroom, uh, in my opinion. It has to come from reading, and that's that's how you uh, that's how it sinks in. That's how you get your own style. Mm-hmm. And are there any other projects on the horizon for you besides the ones we've already talked about? Well, I'm trying to get a movie uh, uh, of version of Shoe Dog, an old novel of mine, off the ground. Um, uh, we hired legendary director Walter Hill, who's one of my favorites mm-hmm. from my youth. And uh, we're getting close on that. And then I worked for um, uh, quite a while on a series called The Pacific, which is, in a way, it's the sequel to Band of Brothers. Um, it's produced by um, Mr. Spielberg and Mr. Hanks, the same hmm. people that were behind Band of Brothers. Hmm. And um, I, I got on that as an homage to my dad, who was a Marine and who fought in the Pacific uh, in World War II. And that comes on uh, HBO next year, 2010. Well, I'm looking forward to that, and um, we're certainly excited to hear more from you at the National Book Festival. George Pelicanos, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate it. And the National Book Festival is Saturday, September 26th on the National Mall from 10 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. It is free and open to the public. For more details and a complete list of participating authors, visit www.loc.gov bookfest. From the Library of Congress, this is Matt Raymond. Thank you so much for listening.